Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. The favorite time of the year for me, <laughs> other than Christmas. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And welcome into God's presence. Welcome our online audience as well as those that watch on TV. And what a joy to be able to come into God's presence to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Amen. If Jesus was not raised from the dead, you and I do not have any hope. But thank God, because he lives, we also live. And because Jesus is alive, there is hope for us tomorrow. Amen. I love this country so much, America, that I've actually become a citizen of America. I'm not originally from here. I was born in Ghana, West Africa. But I know that missionaries came from here, not only here, Sweden, Europe, different places, came from here and other parts of the world to Africa and brought the gospel. And if you trace it, if you trace how I got saved, you can trace it to some missionary that came. And then you see, um, now uh, there's a revival going on in Africa. So now Africa is now sending missionaries. Yes, all over the world, including America. So technically, I'm a missionary to this place. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I long for the day one more time where this nation will be revived one more time. And I see that day here. Amen. We will see the glory and the power of God one more time. You see, the seeds that have been sown and the covenant on which this nation was founded is before God. And if we are willing to do what our fathers did, we will one more time see the hand of God in this place. Amen. But I cannot do it alone. The world is not just America. The world is not just America. It's North America. Just when we cross the borders, South America. There is Asia. There is Africa. There is Europe. And Jesus didn't just say, he told the disciples after he resurrected. He said, start in Jerusalem, but don't stay in Jerusalem. To Samaria to the, and to the ends of the world. Amen. So our mandate and our mission is local missions and international missions. And you can be a part of it, both local and international. Amen. That is the reason why Jesus Christ came. That is the reason why we are celebrating the resurrection. As soon as those women saw Jesus Christ raised from the dead, I'm getting ahead of the message now. <laughs> They went and they started telling the story. God will use you to tell the story. I said, God will use you to tell the story. It starts with a group of people coming together and saying that, look, uh, you see, sometimes you look at the next person. But you see, it starts with a group of people coming together and saying that, look, in our city, we are not going to let the devil take our city. We are not going to let the enemy take our nation. We are, not, we are going to do the very best that we can. And thank God I am looking at a company of people who say we will do our very best. Amen. 
I said, I'm looking at a company of people who are saying we'll do our very best. I, see, it started with those 12 disciples. Jesus had done all these things. And then he leaves the gospel in the hands of these disciples. We are more than that here. All those connected as well. We are more than that. And that's what the devil, that's what got the devil concerned. No, no, no. Those people went out and when they got to some places, they said, the people that have turned the world upside down have come here. No, the world was upside down. They came to turn it, turn it right side up. <laughs> Man, all right. That was just, that was just the, uh, the appetizer. Amen. <laughs> all right. We are talking about resurrection life. Um, my God. You, you see, turn with me to John chapter 10. He says, Faith does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This tells us the reason why Jesus Christ came. He says that Jesus Christ came that we may have life. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That word life there is Zoe. The very life of God. You see, when God created Adam and Eve in the beginning, he created them perfectly. Everything was good. He put them in a garden and said, everything is yours except for the fruit that comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. On the day that you eat of it, you will die. They disobeyed God. And when they did, death was the result. And death is a cruel thing. And you see, when great leaders of the world die, their graves are honored and cherished. They are, sometimes they are preserved. If you go to Israel, when Isaac Rabin, was one of their prime ministers, was assassinated in 1995, uh, they, they, they honor him. But before he even died, they had prepared a tomb for his wife who was living. But thank God, you and I serve Jesus. If, if any, any other religion, their leaders, when you go, their tombs are still there. And sometimes they try to preserve the tombs as much as possible. But thank God in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, when you go to the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not there. He's gone. He's alive. Shout it, he's alive. Shout it, he's alive. Jesus is alive. And you see, because of what Adam did, the world one, the world is occupied with death. And all of us here 
death and the curse has come, been introduced into the world. If Jesus doesn't come in 120 years, all of us will not be here. So, death was not part of the plan. No, no, no. If Adam and Eve had not done what they did, man would have continued to do whatever they were doing forever and ever. It's just an interruption. And because of this, the world is filled with sickness, pain. God's original idea was no sickness, no pain, no curse, no poverty, no despair. A world that would have been overflowing with peace. Instead, now look at what we have. The United Nations was formed in the 1940s, and their goal is to bring world peace. They've done their very best, but we still have wars in the world. Look at what is happening in Eastern Europe right now. God's idea was a world filled with love, filled with joy, filled with hope. And a world filled with God's glory. But Satan came and interrupted that. A snake bite is a very serious thing. One time, a certain farmer was farming, in, uh, was farming in India. And he got a snake bite. And when he got a snake bite, he rushed quickly and tried, wanted to get help quickly because he knew that the, the bite that he had received was dangerous. And he had to go get help quickly. You'll, you'll be finished. One time, a certain man was fishing in Malaysia. When he was fishing... Again, he received a bite from a snake. And he battled for several weeks for his life. It's like the world has received a bite from a snake. And the same snake that questioned the word of God in the beginning is that, I mean, that said, as God said, that is the same snake that keeps saying, to you, when you hear the word of God, has God said. This is as a result of Adam's rebellion. Things are not the same again. Things have not been the same since then. One time, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, from 1 to, 1 to 11, uh, Ezekiel saw a valley full of dry bones. And God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel responded and said, oh God, you are the one that knows. The world feels like a world full of dry bones. And in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11, the Bible says, 
Thank you, Lord. Ezekiel 37, verse 11, he says, Son of man, these bones are the house of Israel. They in this says, say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. That is the cry of the world. Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Humanity cries out desperately for a change. But thank God the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ causes a change. The existentialists say man is a negative and hopeless being. Keka said man is the one who has the sickness which leads to death. Carl Gasper said, man is the being who is surrounded with troubles, fights, and death and distress by them. Hidega said, man is the being who is standing in the middle of death, the incurable torment. Sada said, even though man is powerless, he is the being who is burdened with misfortune and hardship and has to take charge of his existence. Where did murder come from? It came from the fall. Where did sin come from? It came from the fall. But thank God after the fall of man, because God loved you and I, he sent Jesus Christ to come and die for us. The Bible, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, chapter 8 my Lord and my God he says but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you for by one man's sin death came into the world by one man's disobedience death came into the world but thank God Jesus Christ is alive and because he lives you will live also because he lives there is hope for you Somebody lift up your hands and say thank you Jesus say thank you Jesus Romans chapter 5 verse 19 he says for us by one man's disobedience many were made sinners so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous one man's disobedience got us into a mess, but by one man's obedience, the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ, many have been made righteous. And the life that Jesus Christ comes to introduce, the first thing he gives us is he's come to give us peace. Peace in a troubled world. Peace 
can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, may you experience his peace. I said, may you experience his peace. I said, may you experience his peace. But you see, the life that he comes to introduce, like he says in John chapter 10, verse 10, is the very life of God. Anybody that is a child of God has this life. Two, Jesus Christ to give, comes to give us a life with meaning. Without Jesus, life has no meaning. Oh, but when you have Jesus, life takes on meaning. You see, every we are working, you are working on we are working on different things. Solomon was so frustrated with life several times in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says he repeats this phrase: "Vanity of vanity, all is vanity." What is the point? You come into the air, you are born, and the first the first thing that you do is you start crying. <laughs> What is this? <laughs> Why did you bring me here? The baby starts crying. You start crying. It was comfortable in here. <laughs> what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Job chapter 5, verse 7 says, Yet man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. The same way when you light fire, the sparks start going upward. He says, Man is born to trouble. Oh, it was all because. Of the fall but Jesus Christ comes to so that we can live and have meaning to life so that we can walk with him and throughout our lives when we get to the end of our lives we can look back and say wow I've lived a life well spent May that be your testimony in Jesus' name. Yes. You see, when Jesus Christ hung on the cross, he said it is finished. In other words, he was saying, I have given it my all. When you get to the end of your life, may you be able to say, I have given it my all. I said God to the best of my ability. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because without that, life is meaningless. You come, you, you are born, you work, you do whatever you do, and then after that, you just, and it's almost as if you didn't come. But when you live for God, when you live for God and yield your life to the Lord, that's what makes all the difference. Can these bones live? Can your life of hopelessness change? 
Can things turn around for you? I have come to announce to you by the word of the living God that if you are willing to yield your life to the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus, things can be different for you. I said things will be different for you. But it takes that decision like Jesus Christ did to say, Lord, my life is yielded to you. If the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit will quicken your mortal body. That means give life to your mortal body. We have, you see, we haven't plowed the dead of this year. But we are, we are learning. The same life that is in God the same life that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now dwells in us. He says he will give life to our mortal bodies. Our bodies that is subject to death, he will give life to it. He's come to give us life to the full. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, may you walk in the fullness of life in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We serve a good God. We serve a God who loves us so much. He wants us. Think about it. One person's disobedience brought us into a care. One person's obedience brought us into the blessing. If you see somebody who has made it in, in any field, uh, seek to find out what really caused them to be able to make it. We're talking about this on Friday. Jesus Christ made it to where he is because of his obedience. In Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, thank you, Lord. Philippians chapter 2, notice this. He says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a born servant and coming in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every other name. Whatever you are going to be able to accomplish in this life depends on your obedience. So the third thing is Jesus, as a result of his resurrection, now gives us a task to accomplish. A work to do. You see, Adam had a job to do. Adam and he had a job to do. They were blessed, but they had to take this blessing and fill the whole earth with it. 
God has a task for each and every one of us. So now I'm back to where we started. Or where I shouldn't have started. The woman who told the story. As soon as they saw Jesus, they were so excited. He's not here. The person you are looking for has changed position. You see, resurrection gives us a change in position. They were looking for the dead among the living. He said, he's not here. Why are you looking for the dead among the living? He's alive. Go and tell. Let me pause right here. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, any negative spot, any negative place, anything in your life that doesn't align with the will of God, by virtue of the resurrected Christ, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may you have a change of position. I said, may you have a change of position. I said, may you have a change of position. Your testimony will be, why are you looking for the successful among the failures? Why are you looking for the healthy among the sick? Why are you looking for the joyful among depressed people? I have changed position because of Jesus. Why are you looking for somebody who is living and on fire for God than somebody who used to be in rebellion against God? Now I'm no longer in that company. I have changed companies. You will see a change of position in the name of the Lord Jesus. My Lord and my God. Oh my Lord. This is I'm, I'm in Jesus. Why are you looking for the dead among the living? He's not here. No, no, no. He's alive. Oh, in the name of Jesus, beginning from this moment, you will see a change of position in your life. I said you will see a change of position in your life. You will see a dramatic change in your life. There was a certain man. Oh, I like using that phrase, a certain man. It sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? <laughs> a certain man, he, he had a mansion and he had his wife and kids. But he had a problem with alcohol. And he would drink and cause a mess in the house. And he felt so hopeless, like the book of Ezekiel, can these bones live? And then one day, somebody say one day, he, had, he went to church and heard the word of the living God. And his life was changed. And now, instead of detesting his wife and his children, he said, I love them so much, he experienced a change due to the resurrection line. It got to a point when the wife was nagging at him, he said, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring your nagging. And then he kept going on and going on. And the wife asked, what, what, what has happened to you? Even when I nag at you, you say, oh, I, I still love you. I mean, yeah, you can keep on nagging. I'm not going to pay attention to your nagging. What has changed? Oh, that man was no longer counted among the dead. He was alive to God. The wife said, no, something has changed here. I'm going to follow you. 
she also joined and came to came with her husband to church and 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 and, and, the, and the wife was changed and the children were also changed and the children noticed a change said, ah, what's going on you people used to argue back and forth <coughs> excuse me now you don't argue anymore oh they said the life and the love of jesus has entered into our hearts and into our home. We are no longer the same again. That is the power of the gospel. It can take any hopeless person and transform their lives. Some people are smiling. I, I <laughs> when the love of God comes into a life, when the life of God comes into a life, those dry bones will come alive. I said those dry bones will come alive. I said those dry bones will come alive. I said those dry bones will come alive. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus came to recover justice, holiness, health, and life, the blessing and abundance, eternal life, peace, love, joy, hope, And the glory that was lost in the beginning. So it, those women go about and begin to testify of what God has done. You will testify for God in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You see, First Corinthians 15 talks a lot about the resurrection. For instance, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. He's repeating to the spirit of man the same thing that he said to the Romans. For us in Adam all die. So this lesson must be very important. Even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Then he goes on talking about the last enemy, verse 26, that will be destroyed is dead. And then when he, when, when, when he gets to the, very, to the very final verse in chapter 15, verse 58, he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That is the only, it's one of the things that is not in vain. Solomon was talking about vanity of vanities. Vanity of vanities, it's all vanity. This is one thing that he's saying that as a result of the resurrection, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always be involved in the work of the Lord. That is what I've given my life to. And that is why I want all of us to give our lives to. Because ultimately, that's what will count. I pray in the name of Jesus that when you leave this earth and you stand before God, may you hear those words, good and faithful servant.
in the name of the Lord Jesus. The preaching of the gospel is what changes lives. In the book of, of Acts, Philip went to the, to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. There's plenty to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And when he did, hope came to that city. The paralyzed were healed. The people were crippled, were made whole. Sometimes people are not just crippled physically. They are crippled in their emotions. Crippled in their spirit. Crushed. But this resurrection life makes all the difference. This is the reason why Jesus Christ came. He didn't come to give a man a code of ethics. No. Code of conduct. A religion. No, no. He came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So that life will have meaning. I pray in Jesus' name, may we live for God. I say, may we live for God. That's what counts. That's what I've decided to give my life to. Why will Philip go to the city of Samaria? No, no, he's, he's, he's living for God. And right after that, you see, I, I, you see, I like how God does it. God cares about the whole city, but he also cares about the individual. Because right after that, the angel of God carried him to the Ethiopian Enoch. So one person. And that Ethiopian Enoch, God saved, and God baptized, and he took the gospel into Africa. So ripple effect. See, your life counts. Your life counts. I say your life counts. I say your life counts. May God take your life and use it for his glory. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 13, he says, Then you shall know. That I am the Lord. When I have opened your grace. All my people. And brought you up. From your grave. Anything in your life. That is dead. That is supposed to be alive. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the word of the Lord, God is saying this morning prophetically to you that you open your grave. You are coming out of that grave in the name of Jesus. I said you are coming out of that grave in the name of Jesus. I said you are coming out of that grave in the name of Jesus. My Lord, in the name of Jesus, that dead part. You see, sickness is incipient death. That, that, that is the dead process started. Any part of your body with sickness and disease, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I speak life to it in Jesus' name. I said I speak life to it in the name of the Lord Jesus. That relationship, that seems dead. 
Ah, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, like Lazarus came out of that grave, God says he's opening the grave. You are coming out in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Your children, your grandchildren, that seem that they will never yield to the Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I see them on fire for God serving the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I will open your graves and bring you out from them. You are coming out of every grave in Jesus' name. You are coming out of every grave in Jesus' name. Jesus is alive. Oh, we don't serve a dead God. We serve a living God. Jesus is giving you hope. There is hope for you. There is hope for your family. There is hope for your life. And Jesus can come into your heart and give you a brand new beginning. I'm so excited. Because Jesus lives, I'm also alive. I'm not dead. No, I'm alive. And I'll do my very best. And thank God we have a group of people here who are determined. That we will abound in the work of the Lord. And take this gospel to our city, our nation, and the nations of the world. Who will tell the story. Like those women that saw Jesus in the beginning. That saw that he was, he was alive. How many of us are going to join in doing that? I'm a part of that company. My Lord and my God, God can count on us. We do our very best. Oh, there is a revival coming. There is a revival here. And you are a part of it. Fire, my God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just love Jesus. Anything about Jesus makes me happy. Oh, my Lord. That's all you have to do. That's what he says the greatest commandment. Just love him and serve others. It's a good life. It's a wonderful life. Because, I mean, like I said, even if you live to be 120 years, it's, it's very short. Death is an interruption. Whatever you are working on, I pray that it will count for eternity. I said I pray it will count for eternity. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus got to where he is. And you see, in, in the Christian life, in the walk with the Lord, you see, people that go far are people that listen and obey. That's the Lord Whatever you tell me, I will do it. It's not difficult. It's not hard. It's very simple. Just love Jesus. Tell others about him. Others, I mean, be happy, joyful. Good news all around. Thank God for Jesus. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, my Lord. Jesus Christ makes all this possible. Just I'll open your grave. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719 235 5535.